Welcome to the Cosmere Reads, a Cosmere podcast. Your hosts are Alan, Will, and Alondo. This podcast is safe for first-time readers with no spoilers. This week, we'll be covering chapters 25, 26, 27, and 28 of The Hero of Ages. Enjoy! you're muted you're muted dude try it again welcome everyone <laughs> to episode 38 of the hope we read where we talk all about hope and uh how much god damn you <laughs> this guy he Cosmere. just that's, that's all your whole purpose in life is to push my buttons uh yeah no it's great i actually had to change our intro to um so yeah pipe those back in chat Yay. Hey, there he is. That's what um, I'm talking about. I thought I was doing a drink challenge on my own, but glad you're in. Yeah, I'm not drinking this afternoon because I'm going to drink plenty later. Uh, oh, really? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. This guy, he's going in. Yeah, there he goes. Mm. Yeah, um, guys, once the kids get up, I still have to manage the kids until they go over for the Super Bowl. So, yeah, we got this little football game or something this afternoon. It's going to be fun. Yeah, man. Looking forward to it. Um, yeah, I have to change the intro, though, because we got a copyright claim. <laughs> Sorry, I read Pythos' comment. Sorry. Oh, what was that? <laughs> uh, like he's going to be ESPN analyst later tonight. <laughs> no, I'll, he, I'll take it. I'll take this. This, this is a side gig. What he does for real is. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> I do work on e- e- for ESPN 8 the Ocho. I do. So. Yeah, for the, the Ocho. Bold strategy right. cotton. That's right. That's right. Uh, um, so the Super Squirrel is Super Squirrel Sunday as well. So I got to. You know, administer, facilitate some squirrel competitions going on. Okay. <laughs> Fun times. But yeah, so the intro's being changed because we got a copyright claim. Uh, apparently, the music. Screw that, that noise. Oh, yeah. So, it. so no, this is the funny thing is the music I got, I got from royalty free music mm-hmm. off of a, you know, website that's a very well respected and large website. Yeah. That tons of other content creators use that exact thing. Right. It was. Uh, publishes royalty free music back in like 2014 or something like that. Uh-huh. This other group sampled the music in 2022, changed it around a little bit, and then put a copyright on it. And then now it's put a copyright. I was like, no, no. I tried challenging it. They're like, nope, they denied it. I was like, are, are you allowed to do that? Are you just allowed to take royalty free music and right. say, oh, it's mine now? Like, so when I put this new happy birthday remix, yeah, <laughs> no one will be able to sing "Happy Birthday" ever again. Remember, ever that again. years yeah. you could never sing "Happy Birthday" in a restaurant because that whole copyright claim thing, and then it was finally struck down, right? Because uh, Warner Brothers was like they were like like going after people, then they yeah. finally lost it, and now you can sing "Happy Birthday" again. That's why all the restaurants have different "Happy Birthday." Yeah, because they, yeah, Taco Tuesday was the same thing for the longest time. Oh man, that's right. LeBron James got involved in that. Uh, yeah, trying to strike that down. It was like, and it it wasn't even Taco Bell. It was some like obscure taco spot. Screw those guys. Come on, Taco Tuesday, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, copyright law is always weird. I had a friend of mine that went through like tons of uh, problems with that. He actually is a skydiver, and he took like this really picture, uh, pretty picture of a sunset while skydiving, mm-hmm. and um, it's his. I mean, it's his picture, and somebody copied it copyrighted it and started selling it to Getty Images. 
and he sued. He sued. Um, yeah. He won. Um, yeah. Uh, after a lot of legal battles because they were just basically using it for stock pitchers. He's like, that's my pitcher. Like, I'm not getting paid a dime for it. Like, that's not cool, guys. <laughs> All for the almighty dollar. Lord. <laughs> yeah. So, Apparently, there's so- entire, I learned a lot about that. There's entire companies that do that. They'll go find oh, yeah. pitchers that don't have copyrights on it and just throw copyrights on them. And they're like, they're mine now. Like, but yeah. in the, with the hope that no one will say anything about it, they'll just make money off of it. Well, it's the same thing as these patent mills, right? Because um, they can go out and basically all they do is just come with all these crazy ideas. And mm-hmm. they're like, okay, we're going to make a patent that if anybody ever has a goat actually ride on the back of a sheep, mm-hmm. then uh, you know we are going to patent goat sheep technology. Right. And even though there's no purpose for it whatsoever, and then when someone actually has a real use for it, because it like a goat sheep climbs up a mountain better, then they're like, ha ha. Finally, we got the goat sheep patent. patent. Yeah. We're gonna like you know take Sue, it down. Yeah, cease and desist, all that fun it's stuff. Terrible. So, terrible. Anyway, so I have to change that music. So are we gonna go, do we have to go to court now? Are we gonna go up against YouTube? Or? Well, that's because no, I'm dressed today. I'm dressed yeah, today just, because yeah, he's, he's representing us. So, he's representing right. us. So, uh, he has a deposition today. My brother's afternoon. a lawyer, so I've got yeah. him on the case. And yeah. We're gonna go out. We're gonna fight this thing, tooth and nail. We're coming for you. If the if the music doesn't fit, quit. Something like I don't know. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We need to. We need to. We need the rhyming schematics so that yeah. way we can get out exactly. Yeah. Well, we, as, long, as long as we can stream the court case, mm. that's good yeah. content. Of course, and I will content. be in my Scott's thankiest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> like I do it. Yes, yes. Love Sounds it. good. All right. Well, um, let's get ready to these chapters. Um, have some fun with these. Um, if there's no ten soon this week, will. So, you know, we get to bypass all that. Darn it. <laughs> no Tinsoon this week. We're just in Fadrix the entire time, which is getting a little interesting. Uh, before we get started, um, anything uh, from all these chapters you think like are, I mean, without getting too much into details, do, do you think this any of these plans are going to pan out? Uh, they sound sketchy at best. I'm going to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, going back to ESPN eight zero two and 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 dodgeball. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> it's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Thank you. It, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, chapter twenty five. The balance isn't real. We've almost forgotten this little bit of lore. Sky used to talk about it before the collapse. Philosophers discussed it a great deal in their third in the third and fourth centuries. But by Kelsier's time, it was mostly a forgotten topic. But was it real? There was a phys- physiological difference between Ska and nobility. When the Lord Ruler altered mankind to make them more capable of dealing with the ash, he changed other things as well. Some groups of people, the noblemen, were created to be less fertile but taller, stronger, more intelligent. Others, the Ska, were made to be shorter, hardier, and to have more children. The changes were slight. However, after thousands of years of interbreeding, the differences had largely been erased. Because eugenics is fun. Let's go talk about that, guys. Oh, uh, Lord have mercy. That's a bad <laughs> word in my house. <laughs> eugenics. <laughs> gives a shiver every time, man. <laughs> Jeez. Man. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Uh, the idea of breeding people specifically to get the traits you want, man, that's just... Uh, or stopping people from breeding so that way you can actually try to 
you know, basically uh, groom out those traits so they never exist again. By the way, history, history is fun. History is fun. Fun. There's actually a fun book. Um, oh, my God. What do you say? Oh, my God. What? It's a fun book. Um, it's called The Gene and Intimate History. It's written by Siddhartha McCurgy, who's like a geneticist. Okay. Uh, and goes through the history of genetics. Mm-hmm. Um, the dark sides, the light, you know, the good parts about it, everything. Like it just goes to the history of the study of genetics. Um, and, and goes into the dark parts as well. But it's mm-hmm. uh it's a I, I read it years ago. And it's just it, the way it's presented, it's really fascinating. Um, so I've read that. so many books on the dark history of eugenics and yeah. all the I'm not talking about just in America. I'm talking about just across the world. It is, oh my God, it's God awful. It, it will turn your stomach if you read them back to back to back to back. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's oh, rough. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, some of the things that were done in the past in the name of, of eugenics is uh, pretty, science. Pretty gross. Or grooming a population to be exactly the way you want it to be, essentially, right? Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. I mean, we think 1940s, but if you read that book, it goes back a lot further. Oh, it goes way. (laughs) Yes. It's it's bad. Uh, Yes. But yeah, it talks about like, you know, um, I guess they started with like fruit flies and pigeons and things like that um, to try to breed them to be certain ways. And and that still goes on today amongst animal species, Mm -hmm. especially designer like dogs and cats and things like that. They're bred to have certain traits. And what's the little dog that the queen? had corgi corkies mm-hmm. those are like yeah those things and it's a la- labradoodle labradoodles yep yeah those, those are like again it's all an affront to science i mean yeah don't call it the dark history of genetics sorry that implies there is a lights okay. <laughs> true good point you, you win note taken uh uh-huh. you win <laughs> Yeah, there is no light side. Yeah, there is no good side. It's like phrenology. It's like, nope, there's no good okay. side to that. Nope. Rather than saying the dark side of eugenics, saying the dark side of genetics. Because that is genetics. Because yep, 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 yep. there is a light side of genetics. I mean, there is things genetically yeah, that yeah. are good. It's just yeah, when you right. start to try to breed. Getting rid of diseases, yeah. getting rid of like life-ending ailments, sure. things like that. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure some of the CRISPR technology, some of that will be great for future generations and things like that. Some of the technology and some of the things we're doing with the human genome project and yeah. mapping out our DNA, that stuff's all on four. It's when you start to, like you said, the, yeah, the dark side. Yeah. By the way, I did, genetics, not eugenics. Eugenics is all, all that. <laughs> I did way too much of a deep dive in the CRISPR years ago. I got so into it. It was so insane. CRISPR is, it is a little, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, How they came up with that blows my mind i was like how did you how did you figure that out yeah there's still some ethical yeah. dis- concerns around it oh um, yeah absolutely 100 uh, but uh yeah. it's uh, if done correctly i guess it can be helpful but there's still some ethical aspects of being able to splice dna yeah <laughs> i mean the idea of splicing dna so that way you get rid of like you know cancer diseases sure no problem <laughs> splicing it so that way you don't have super soldiers <laughs> right. <laughs> just, let, just let me know when I can get my tail. Hey, hey, hey. Man. Yeah. All right. I could do with the tail. I never thought about that. Tail would be kind of nice. A tail would be nice. What could you do with the tail? Right. I mean, that's Christopher Christopher Walken. I think there's a famous speech of Christopher Walken when he's like talking about having a tail. Mm. Like how 
It'd be awesome to have a tail. Christopher Walken. <laughs> tail. <laughs> so the thing is, what you want is a tail. Yeah. <laughs> I can see him right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's my hey, worst hey, Christopher Walken impression I've ever done. I, I couldn't speak like a guy. That's my uh, best. That's, that's I, I, I do a horrible Christopher Walken impression, so I don't even try. But it's a... Right. Uh, it's a uh, yeah. It's it's a tough guy. If you can if you do it well, it's great. It's a great party right. trick. Um. So chapter twenty five. Um. They reach Fedric City. So Ellen and his army. They're they're outside the city and they're they're looking at the way. And this city is very well fortified. Um. You know they're they're noting about the formations of of the rock and the way the city is. And I guess there's a a canyon entrance to get in, mm-hmm. which uh. If we know anything about any history or um, any other books, fictional or non-fictional, having a really narrow pass to enter in is never a good idea. Hence the 300 in the Battle of Thermopylae. If you want to take, um, you know, historical context or any, yeah, name any movie that has a. There's a reason they call it a choke point, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's lack of trees too leading up to the city, so you can't right because it used to have trees, and then they cut all the trees down. down. Yeah. So basically, they can see you coming like the uh, like the knight in uh, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, when yeah, he's like just, running across the land. They can just see him coming from like miles away, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's yeah. yeah. So they're like, maybe we should try to conquer this, and so maybe diplomacy is the way. And that's what Ellen, you know, he wants to go to that. I mean, some of the party, I guess, is like, yeah, let's go attack. And he's like, yeah, let's try diplomacy. Uh, I don't know if it'll work, but, you know, hopefully this guy has some, you know, maybe we'll, let's try to do the, get some informants first. We'll start there. Cause set, you know, says like, I, my men are still probably there. I get some guys, you know, so they might be dead, but we might be able to find some of my men. You know, we'll send some people in. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like they want to attack because it looked like there was less people, less of an army presence there than their estimations. I can't remember the numbers. Was it like they thought it was going to be 55,000 mm-hmm. and like it was like 20,000? Right. Whatever the numbers were. And they were like, oh, well, this is a lot less. We can go in here and like take them out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so the plan is to be vigilant, uh, are vigilant for raids, uh, and have spies scout the city. Um, uh, also, they have a plan to sabotage the food supply, right? Uh, but they don't plan on assassinating King Yeoman. Um, they're they're hesitant on that in their plans. Now, this is the part I need you guys to help me out. <clears throat> they talk about because of the, I guess the waterways they used to come in. Mm-hmm. were so full of ash they were talking about basically destroying the way they came in mm-hmm. so they couldn't use that way to get out yeah help me understand how that works what how are they going to do that are they going to like dam. dam up yeah is it a dam okay i'm, I'm guessing that's yeah because i think they talked about were they <clears throat> i thought they were saying that because there was so much ash it was it was just like blocking it naturally blocking already it naturally blocking yeah it. So they would just accelerate that. I mean, that was one of Genghis Khan's most most uh, talk about damming water supplies. That was uh-huh. one of his most common ways of conquering cities. Because in the early days of the Mongol conquest, um, they didn't have siege equipment. Towards the end, they did. But in the beginning, they did it. So if they came to a walled city, it was almost impossible for them to take it. But if they could dam, go up river and dam the water supply and wait a month or two and then break the dam causing the city to flood nothing like a bunch of stagnant water to cause massive diseases and oh, yeah. That'll kill, everything. And kill everyone in the city. Right. Um, 
and that was a lot of they use that strategy a ton so they would just build a giant lake above the city and they break the dam and be like all right we win come on wow. out y'all are dead right. uh like, got it um okay so historically that has been used multiple times in, in battles i don't know if that's what they're but apparently the ash is doing that already uh for the most part right um, right so, okay got it yeah uh, thanks for know, clarification well i forgot about the ash being i basically it's making the water like muddy right yeah, I, I kind of was talking about the wrong part because you're talking about what they're doing to steal off the supplies. And I was thinking right. about how they were talking about where they came from and they no, can't go back that way if they wanted to. Right. Will, Will is what I'm, I was referring to as well. No, that's exactly right. right. Okay. Um, yeah. No, no. So I was talking about they said, oh, well, we're going to block our ability to leave the way we came in. And then uh, they said, oh, Ham like, oh, says, yeah, okay. Ham says, I'm happy like they decided not to drain Mal on us. So that's, I think that's what you're talking about. Like, are you talking about that say, scene? Say that again. Ham says, uh, I'm ha only half glad they decided not to drain the canal on us. Because um, they, they're worried that they were going to drain the canals. So they couldn't get in. So they couldn't right. Get in. Something yeah. about the, they said, oh, it might be prophetic that we're like going to be here and we're going to close our way to exit. Is that like saying yeah. that we're like, this is gonna be like our last stand and like our final, you know, push on this effort or something like that. I didn't know how they planned to block up. Yeah. The way I think they were going to get out. So. I mean, cause it says, you know, they rely on the canals too much. If they, if they survive our siege, we'll need to ship supplies in. So assuming they don't, they don't drop the canals will be, so I don't think it was necessarily a, escape as being able to get stuff to them yeah i, I, I don't remember where they, it was and of course i listened to the audiobook so i can't like just pull up the text itself but yeah. um anyway it's not really that big a deal yeah. i just okay. <laughs> i didn't quite understand how they were gonna block the canal sure but i i mean it makes sense if they just added a little bit more dirt yeah show already ash in, ash in it yeah boom there you go it yep. sounds like a crazy uh crazy landscape though in general like yeah the canal systems, all the rocks, the choke point, mm -hmm. you know, valley, and then the trees. It sounds like they picked this spot because since you're not allowed to build a wall around the city, um, they it's like they picked a spot that would be really hard to, you know, get into and easy to defend. Right. Right. So. Yeah. Agree. Exactly. So Ellen then asked Vin to scout uh, and offers to go along. And Vin's like, no, nah, I'm good. I got this. Um, she's like, you got the wrong stink on you, my guy. Yeah, yeah. she's yeah, like, you're you, not good enough. You stink. <laughs> you stink. You, stink you don't have like the, you don't have the ska stick. You have the emperor stink. Yeah, uh, any ten eye can smell emperor stink from a mile away. But I'll bleed with my ska stink. I'm, I'm from right. the ska. That's right. I can see her right now. Just putting ska stink on her. Just, yeah. <laughs> just get in. Uh, yeah. Um, and Seth provides a list of informants in the city, and we end this chapter with Vin leaving to infiltrate. Uh, the city on her infiltration mission. Yep. So any thoughts on this before we get to some interesting stuff with our, our good friend, Lester Bonas? I like how Vin was just like, oh, you need me to go on a scouting mission? Let's go. There wasn't uh, any of that like nah. stupid back and forth that I'm so He's, over. Yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of yeah. pumped to see Vin like back on a mission because I think she's needed that. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. And set and set is just as a, a rueful 
as he always was. I mean, this guy just always sounds like he's ready to shake like a wooden stick at you and talk about back in the old days, you know, that kind of guy. He's yeah. he's your he's your uh I would say clubs two but maybe like clubs point five. Uh, <laughs> yes, you know. yes, yes. He's clubs with no refinement. <laughs> clubs point five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Almost clubs, not quite. Maybe point seven five. I'll give him a little credit. Um. So, yes. chapter chapter twenty six. Uh-huh. Um. If only. Uh, oh, sorry. I am only just beginning to understand the brilliance of the Lord Ruler's culture synthesis. One of the benefits afforded to him by being immortal and for all relevant uh, purposes uh, um, omnipotent was a direct and uh, direct and effective influence on the evolution of the final empire. He was able to take elements from a dozen different cultures and apply them to his new perfect society. Sounds more gross. Uh, for instance, the architecture brilliance of the Clinny builders is manifest in his ability um, to keeps uh, and keeps the high nobility const- uh, to keep the high nobility construct. Uh, Clinny fashion sense suits the gentlemen gowns and gowns for the ladies is another thing the Lord Ruler decided to be appropriate. Um, a, I suspect he despised and hated the Clinny people for whom Alindi was one. Rashik had a deep seated envy of them as well. The terrorists of the time had a personal uh, or pastoral herdsman. The Kalinia were cultured cosmopolitans. However ironic, it is logical that Rashik's new empire would mimic, would mimic the high culture of the people he hated. And that has happened time and time again in history, where there are people that hate being subjugated by nobility or royalty, but then the first thing they do is duplicate whatever royalty does right you know again yeah. white white wedding dresses that all came from is it queen victoria i think it was yeah. the one that wore, wore like the first white wedding dress and then it just became like because back then you would just like wear just like your sunday best right yeah. but then she wears a white dress and yeah. people were like gotta have it and it's like and now it's like widespread across the entire world right um yeah yeah, it's like uh, it's like lawns, like green 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 grass. Uh, the history of lawns. It was the French nobility that thought it looked nice, and that's the reason why we spend so much money on watering basically weeds with no. <laughs> yeah, that's with, right. With that's with, a, with zero <laughs> with z- like it spent tons of money watering yeah. a, a plant that has zero nutritional value, has right. not really that any like prettiness to it. It's just a green weeds yep. like yeah. <laughs> but, but because the wealthy french did it then the wealthy english started doing it and then yep. everyone wanted to keep up with the with the joneses yep so so we hate them so much that we we have revolutions and chop off their heads but we still want to duplicate what they did right right because it's nice because it, it looks nice it's like oh it looked nice for them we'll we'll do it too yeah yeah at, at time and time again Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Santa that's also. I love how Santa was depicted by multiple different colors, but Coca Cola ads with the red Santa was most popular, so it's stuck in the United States. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's because of Coca Cola. I mean, mm-hmm. I know Coca Cola had a lot to do with Santa's influence in America. Yeah. Um, I didn't know about the red color thing though. So, oh, I so I mean, now I'm curious. I want to see all the colors of Santa. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I know Sinterklaas is so Father Christmas. Uh, I think is uh, where's our Father Christmas are, are um, in uh, England. It's white. I think it is, um, is it? traditionally okay. like a white cool. robe. Anyway, yeah. So it changes. Watch me do mind. that deep dive later. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we're at Spook's point of view here. Um, you know, and Spook's kind of marveling at his newfound power and how unique he is because he's probably the first Misty in history to have two powers. At least he thinks he is. Um, right. He thinks he's one, but because usually I got suspicions. The, there's other. Usually he thinks he has, you know, uh, uh, usually have one or you have all. Uh, but he right. has 10 and Peter. Uh, he tried burning the other metals just to check to make sure he wasn't misborn. He's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and he notices that a little sliver, little metal, metal, metal sliver is stuck in his skin from where the sword broke off, mm-hmm. uh, where he was stabbed. And as soon as he tries to remove it, Kelsey's voice shows up. Oh, yeah, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. You want to leave that in. It makes you look badass. You know, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. <laughs> thoughts. So what is the Kelsier ghost? What is the force ghost of Kelsier, right? I mean, it speaks to him. It's not his own thinking. Mm-hmm. So it's something external. So my theory this week. Mm-hmm. Theory time, theory time. My theory is that preservation. Okay. Is the mist ghost. Okay. The one that that cut Ellen. Yeah. At the, the Well of Ascension. Well of Ascension, right? Mm-hmm. And that the Mist Ghost doesn't have as much presence as mm-hmm. Ruin does. And so all it can do is influence. And so I feel like the Mist Ghost is speaking to Lester Borners, but kind of in the in the guise of Kelsier because it makes it more accessible okay. and understandable. That's my theory time for this week. Okay. Cool. Well, do you agree with that or do you disagree? You nod your head yes. <laughs> oh, you don't have to agree. Dude, no pressure on you to agree. That's just my wild theory for the week. I always I always like theory time, so I'll just say that. Uh yeah, no, I mean he allergy, like it's kind of like the spikes. They got mm-hmm. spikes. He gets a little sword tip. Yeah. Symbolism. Did we have anybody else that was spiked to hear voices? Uh, so th- th- that's the reason why it came to me is because Vin kept hearing voices up until the point in time okay. that she was the Will of Ascension. I was talking about Billy Zane, but <laughs> Billy Zane. Now, Billy Zane's voices, I don't know. Because you Billy Zane's too, voices were rough. They were like not good voices. They were like, kill the daddy. You know, <laughs> kill him. <laughs> Patricide. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So the voice of the ghost of Ronnie James Dio can't remove the metal medals forever. <laughs> I feel like you have to say that doing Cut. this, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, have no, you have no choice but to just throw up the horns. <laughs> oh, medals forever. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Who's he the lead singer for? Um, Iron oh. Maiden, right? Is it Iron Maiden? Is it Iron Maiden? Uh, I thought it was... Um, let's see. He was the lead. I'll probably correct me. Um, Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. Okay. Okay. But all I know is that dude. Black Sabbath, yeah. He would throw them horns, though. He would. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> Thank you. That guy. Rainbow and briefly Black Sabbath. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Briefly, briefly Black Sabbath. That's shocking. I thought he was. You said Black Sabbath. It's just like locked in it's for me. Still in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Who was the lead singer? Was it Pantera who got done on stage because he got shot or something? Like that? Was that? Oh, was that Dimebag, Daryl? I think so. Really? Um, wow. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, behind Dimebag, Daryl. Yeah. And what happened? He got shot on stage. A, a obsessed fan like rushed to stage and shot him in the middle of a concert. Obsessive. It, fan? It, no. It was uh, it was the guitarist, oh. not the singer. Yeah. Still, though, to be obsessive fan or whatever, and then want to John Lennon. I mean, same. Uh, yeah, the guy who John Lennon was an obsessive Beatles fan. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, yeah. But he's he's now kind of out, which is kind of weird. He lives in Williamsburg, Virginia. I don't know if you knew that. The, the guy who shot uh, John Lennon. Yeah, I know he got out. Um, Maybe he's like kind of on house arrest. He's kind of right, out. Of, like right. he's still in the mental institution, but it's like time to go out in public and stuff. Then, mm-hmm. anyway going on um with this story so yeah Kelsey's just to talk to him um you know and, and that's pretty much it for this i mean is there anything else from this chapter it's a short chapter um uh this was chapter 26 yeah i mean it does point out that that spooks paying a lot of money for like a little private room which is supposed to be uh you know every, they're, they're very heavy on the census and counting everybody and he's paying extra money to, for discretion um is this the chapter where he's in the in the bar and overhears everybody yeah okay because that was cool uh so he's starting to kind of use his powers a little bit yeah he hears the people you know listen he's listening to people well sorry Mm -hmm. he used his powers for the wine bottle right the wine bottle that was expensive back in the day but is now like worth like nothing now right right (laughs) it was like worth like 600 and now it's down to like three coins um and he's so hurt and and you know just wounded that he barely has any strength and then yeah. he uses his pewter strength to pull the cork out the bottle <laughs> i'm like that's this guy must be in really bad shape that he has to use pewter strength to pull a cork uh, out of a his wounds are still pretty bad i mean uh, yeah the guy was stabbed i mean yeah. he's basically dead he's run and, through yeah and I mean, smoked out yeah in a house right yeah. so he's in bad shape but the Peter, the Peter fixes all things, right? Or at least, ma- at least masks all things. It's like taking a ton of ibuprofen, you know. You're that's good right, to go. That's wow. right. It's like adrenaline. It's like yeah. you, you, you don't feel anything right now. Exactly. <laughs> Later you'll feel it, but uh, you'll get now. Yeah, for right now it's fine. Well, Everything's good. Guys referring to him when he picks up that they're talking about him, right? Mm-hmm. And he's all like, "Oh, they're talking about me with reverence." Yeah. And and the reason why I want to bring this this. This, this story up is because to me that was an important moment because Spook has been looking down on himself for so long, right? He just felt like, I mean, just chapters ago, he talked about himself as like a, a, a side note to the main crew mm-hmm. and all the things they can do and accomplish. And even before, um, you know, getting this new power that he has, they're talking about him when they look over and they're like, oh, that's the guy that he was run through and mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And they're, he's one of Kelsier's guys. It's like that association yeah. is now happening. This reverence is happening sure. for him. His name is being elevated. And that's cool because he 
just moments ago was depressed about what his station in life was. Sure. And he's like flipped around just like that. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. You guys ready for chapter 27? Let's go. All right. Chapter 27. Yes. Rashik made good use of his enemy's culture in developing the final empire. Yet other elements of imperial culture were completely contrast to Kalinium in its society. The lives of the skull were modeled after slaves of the Kanzi. Uh, the terrorist stewards resembled the servants of Urton, and Rashik conquered, uh, which Rashik conquered relatively late in the first century of his life. Uh, of life, uh, the imperial religion with obligators actually appears to have risen from the bureaucratic mercantile system of the Halant, a people who were very focused on weights, measures, and permissions. The fact that the Lord Ruler would base his church on a financial institution shows, in my opinion, he was worried less about true faith of his followers and more about stability, loyalty, and quantifiable measures of devotion. I had nothing off that one. I mean, of all the of all the epigraphs we've gotten, that one to me was like, meh. Nah. <laughs> Fair enough. So we're back with Vin. She's doing sneaky, sneaky stuff. Um, she's sneaking into Fadrick City, going to look for her her people, uh, her informants. Um, so she scouts the city and visits visits the first informant, whose name is Slow Swift. Um, the the most oxymoronic name I think I've ever heard in my life. Sometimes you get it fast, sometimes you get it slow, man. Sometimes you get it turn left, sometimes you get it turn right. <laughs> slow Swift. Slow Swift. So, so right left. Uh, so this right left guy. Um, you know, <laughs> right left guy. He's a, a longtime associate of Set, and he seems to be pretty happy with everything that's going on. He's like, yeah, this new ruler, he's a pretty good guy. Like everything seems to be okay. That's you know, everything's stable. It's pretty familiar to what we're used to. In fact, uh, society is pretty much the exact way it was before. And there's like, and Finn's like, what do you mean? Like, aren't they ska? Like, he's like, oh no, they're doing like noble stuff. And he's like, she's like, what? <laughs> like, so yeah, they're having a ball tonight. It's actually like, yeah. Uh, despite a, a pending siege, they're still having balls. Like, and he's like, yep. And Vince is so taken back by this. She's like, okay. Like, why would you? This is like straight out of Luthadel culture. Like everything's falling apart, but let's throw a ball. Let them eat cake. Uh, French mm-hmm. aristocrat society yes. goes back to copying, you know, the, the people you conquer, um, you know, so much mm-hmm. what the Lord ruler did. Now this, these people are doing the same. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, he won't provide any information about, to help the invasion of the city. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a, a dead end for her. Um, yeah. Yeah. Vin counters that stability won't last as the ash increases and everything like that. And so, so, so slow, swift, right, left, finally, uh, relents. And let's uh, call him right, left. I like that. Yeah. Call him right, left. Uh, and speaks on yeoman's weaknesses and, uh, and Vin departs. Um, you know, her expecting, by the way, he's an informant. It's clear. He's an and, informant. And she's not used to doing this. So like, he's like, you're doing this all wrong now. Right. <laughs> And she has an expectation that he's gonna like you know help us. It's like he's an informant. He's like my job is to provide information. That is it. I mean, I I did not say I was gonna help you. I just mm-hmm. was gonna like give you. What did he say? I'm gonna tell you the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and by the way, stories cost money though. You know, yeah, just, yeah. You know, pay me. By the way, the wooden ducats. <laughs> uh, pretty sure Sanderson wrote Slow Swift, Slow Swift as his homage to Tolkien. Makes sense. Hey, wait, 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 wait. What Tolkien character are you imagining to, though? Um, 
not Bombadil, right? Because that dude was like kind of just a Tom Tom um, Tom Bombadil. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, Slithsliff is homage to J.R. Tolkien. The name Slithsliff honors Tolkien's pinage of wordplay. Um, oh, okay. Because because okay. that's similar to how Tolkien would name. So it's an homage to Tolkien in general, Tolkien, not like a general, specific not like Tolkien. a specific character. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, gotcha. I was like, okay, yeah, okay. Got it, got it. That's that's cool. Now that I can definitely get behind. Yeah, I'm Very just reading. Good. I'm reading off a of copy of mine. Um, a four cool. plays of physical appearance and love of magical creatures, also modeled after Tolkien. Yeah, so yeah, good deal. Yeah, is intended. Uh, yeah, Solstice is intended to be a character based on Tolkien himself. So oh, now God. you guys do know. Re- you guys do realize you have given away the fact that this is not going to be his only appearance. Did I? Just now, the fact that you have said that there's enough lore about him that he's a a an homage, homage so to Tolkien, and and again, dude, y'all know by now. I pick on I pick up on some context clues, right? Okay. So y'all have given away that there's gonna be more <laughs> to Slow Swift. Maybe it's coming. So I didn't I didn't go ruin that and go look it up. You guys. Gave us all the information we need to know that he's coming back. Okay. No wrath though necessary. He's no coming back. What's he gonna do? <laughs> I'm not Rafo. Rafo. No, that's Rafo. Speaking of speaking of character told in this chapter to make us aware that he would be a Tolkien like homage. Maybe Slosif is the hero of H. <laughs> Solved it. Right, left, right, left is the hero of ages. Uh, I cast over. Yeah, <laughs> solved it. Yeah. Speaking of characters coming back, uh, Vin goes to leave to find her next informant. Yes. Um, did you guys recognize this person's name? No. No. Oh, okay. Vin goes to find his second informant, a beggar that goes by the name of Hoyd. Don't remember the name. Okay. Book one. Kelsier met with an informant. By the name of Hoyd. That's the same informant that he met. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. I did yeah. not pick up on that. I do remember that con- because he wore a disguise. Yeah, Kelsey wore a disguise to that when meeting. he met yeah. Hoyd. Right, right. Okay. And Hoyd just made fun of him. That's like, right, because yeah. it was so obvious or whatever. But Vin doesn't actually meet with Hoyd. She gets there, spots him and like the beggars, and sees that he's not really sleeping. He's humming to himself, which she heard that he might be doing. It was like something doesn't feel right. So I'm not gonna be with him, and leaves. So we don't get interaction with them. We just mm-hmm. get the name from the first book. Cool. I like that callback. That's really cool. Yeah. Nice. So um, she uh, she leaves to go scout out Yeoman's Palace after this. Mm-hmm. Uh, thinks about even being reckless, and I can just go in there right now and and try to you know find the the cash because uh, it's in the Cantons building is where where Yeoman's Palace is, and that's where the cash will be. And she's talks to herself like, no, this is a little too bold. Like Kelsier, even Kelsier would have not on his first attempt, like, you know, scouting, you know, right. you scout things out before a plan, then you go. Right. Um, you know, but the evening ball is going to be head there. So, you know, that's a good prospect. Uh, and as she's doing this, she starts to sense very faint pulses. And she's like, huh, they're burning copper and they're keeping up with me, which means they're misborn. Okay, so there's a Mistborn maybe following her, uh, and 
she starts to try to not necessarily lose them, but go faster and faster towards the gates. Like she's leaving. And once she gets close enough to the gates to have a giant metal lines, the blue lines, she pushes back to like a surprise, whoever's following her. And immediately the pulses disappear. And she just goes through mist and nobody's there. And then she thinks what could have been the mist spirit. They also did the same thing, but the right. mist spirit has a visitor in over a year. And last time she saw the mist spirit, spirit somebody stabbed Ellen, but saved, it was just one of those things where Vin's just really confused. So, and that's where my theory time came from because of that. And I was like, that's right. The miss spirit. There we go. Mm -hmm. So, okay, cool. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on in Phaedric city. Cause like this dude, slow swift just sitting there smoking a pipe, chilling. Everybody's going to a ball. Like everything's hunky dory. It almost feels like they don't even know what's going on outside. outside. You yeah. Know? Um, so it's like that could be a really a good thing for them. Like society's going well, but it also could be like they're totally oblivious to like what's coming. Mm -hmm. So I mean, when you said they, which they are you referring to? We said they could be oblivious. Are you talking about Matrix City Ellen? as a whole? Uh, the, oh, as uh, a whole. like Yellowman and his crew and the okay. whole. Aristocrats. Not Ellen's and them not know yeah. what they're trying no. to plan. But okay, got it. Yeah, sure. Yeah, like they're they're you know Ellen's trying to be diplomatic at first, but I mean they have. A coloss army they could go in there and just run train on everybody um yeah. but at the same time like their their city is so fortified naturally it's like maybe they're just ultra confident because they have some i don't know they have super abilities to also yeah. dominate so i don't know hmm. no idea what's coming yeah there is no war in Fedric city there's no war in Fedric city there is no <laughs> yeah, uh, they had their head in the sand, just kind of like ignoring all the stuff on the outside. Thinking could be. it might be overconfidence, like you said. Um, could be, yeah. Like going to the uh, like the veil from Game of Thrones, like how fortified that city was um, up there in the mountains, and they were very lax about anything because no one could ever attack them. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, that's uh, other taken from other books, or if you take from uh, like also historically. There's been tons of cases like that. Constantinople um, fell to the Turks because of overconfidence. Complacency. In their, in their, in well, not only that, it was uh, the invention of the cannon. Um, yeah. the, the, the cannon was invented, and it was actually a Christian who invented the cannon, went to uh, the Byzantine Empire, Emperor first, and offered to sell the technology to him. And they were like, no, our walls are so strong. Like, we don't need to pay the money for this. So this is crappy. So then he immediately turned around and went to the Ottomans, to the Turks. And we're like, hey, we got this thing. And they're like, yeah, we'll take some. And sure enough, the walls fell pretty darn fast. That's a great segue to the uh, next epigraph. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so chapter 28. One aspect of the Lord, Lord Ruler's culture manipulation was quite interesting. That of technology. I've already mentioned that Rashik chose to use Kalini architecture, which allowed them to construct large structures and gave him uh, gave him the civil engineering necessary to build large cities such as Luthadel. In other areas, he suppressed technology advancement. Gunpowder, for instance, was frowned upon by Rashik that the knowledge of it um, of its use disappeared almost as quickly as the knowledge of the terrorist religion. Apparently, Rashik found alarming uh, it alarming that armed gunpowder weapons <coughs> even the most common men could nearly be as effective as archers uh with years of training <coughs> sorry i got a cough i mute not cough the mic um uh, and so he favored the archers 
the more training dependent military technology, uh, the less likely the peasant population. <laughs> man, Alan's choked up on this, man. Oh, this was this guy. He gets excited about cannons and gunpowder. I know, man. He 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 gets a cannon, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> As I'm coughing up a lung, I'm trying to make it through it. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so the Prince Population can resist them. Um, and indeed, Scholar Falls always failed before <laughs> this very recent. We'll see you next week. They can make me cough, dude. I was mid drink on that. <laughs> well, I mean, this, I, I thought this was pretty epic because this is the first time they mentioned gunpowder, right? Or yeah, any, right. Any technology I mean, like that. Up until now, we have only been hearing about like this arc, you know, archaic weaponry. Yeah. Right. We haven't talked about gunpowder. We haven't talked about guns or any of that stuff. Uh, and now all of a sudden, it's like gunpowder, and it's like, oh, it exists in this world. What yeah. else exists in this world? Watch somebody be like, so uh, you know, the the Lord Ruler was not a fan of iPhones. <laughs> <laughs> but they're there. But they're there. <laughs> yeah. Apple Vision Plus or whatever. Uh, right. And then he goes somewhere and finds like a, a whole like you know dumpster full of like ET cartridges uh, from the Atari system. <laughs> Horses. Why aren't you driving a Model X, dude? That's right. That's right. It's because he's like, well, the charging infrastructure isn't that good here. So yeah, <laughs> we <laughs> the closest supercharger is three hundred miles away. So you know. you're right, Alan. You're still. Oh, muted. you're on mute, dude. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah, it's horrible coughing spell I just had. I don't know what just happened, but um, that's all right. It's I think right. I worked it out. It's just like something in the back of my throat caught. So Hilarious. you ever Hilarious. had one of those? Like just where you can't stop coughing? Uh, yeah, I think everyone has. It's that it's good timing yeah mm-hmm. uh yeah no it's just really sentimental that's why i'm crying um <laughs> gunpowder it brings a tear to my eye every time oh um, i talk about the cannons at constantinople i just exactly. tear up I just tear up um yep. yeah 1494 yeah i think it was uh what year did constantinople fall uh 1494 1498 something like that anyway i'm gonna have to um, get like a, a list of good history books to read from you guys at some point because oh dude i'm gonna tell you right now there's one of the best things you can do because i mean i read so much history and it's so easy to forget so i have to keep revisiting it like i've read the biography of napoleon a thousand times i feel like and i forget it because it's so long but there is a website uh, a, a youtube channel i think it's called uh, uh simplified uh history, uh, history simplified. simplified yeah it's great and it's all animated. It's so great. And it's 30 minutes. And I love to revisit stuff that I've heard before. Yeah. Um, highly recommend it cool. for anybody, everybody. They're they're yeah. fun little little snippets. And they're perfect. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Use that. Thanks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, history simplified. It's a it's good YouTube channel. And they, they went for a big hiatus for a while, but now they're back making content again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Um let me see. So yeah, gunpowder. So gunpowder was invented, but was suppressed. Yeah. So Will and I were just, you know, I heard going on about the fact that we both just assumed that something like gunpowder didn't exist because there's no guns, right? And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, it does exist, and we're like, what, what, what? <laughs> how, why, why, why is that not everywhere? Because the Lord Ruler. Yeah, so the fact that it was invented at one point hints to the fact that maybe in the future it can be reinvented. Um, mm. Yeah. 
I feel like this is gonna be a. a, a I'm not gonna try and. I'm, I feel like this is a cyclical, historical. I, you see where yeah. I'm trying to be careful about spoiler yeah. stuff for other things, but sure. Is this yeah, something a... where it existed and then history kind of got? Well, there, there's there's tons of that throughout yeah. history where where you have the Dark Ages and history right. and technology gets lost and right. I mean, the Romans had concrete. Concrete wasn't reinvented for years after the fall of the Romans. Um, right. But they had so, it. Yeah. I mean, it's I'm, just, I'm crazy curious. Yeah. I mean, there's about that. So when, said, case, yeah. when that thing said gunpowder, I was like, wait, wait, gun, wait, gunpowder is a thing and they're not yeah. using it like everywhere. Right. Or if you want to get really, really cool, if you want to get a dive deep into like a huge rabbit hole, research the Bronze Age collapse. And you'll go into a deep, deep rabbit hole of how we had a lot of technology coming up really fast. And then all of a sudden, like almost overnight, went back to like cavemen, sticks and stones. Like what? Yeah. Oh, no. The Bronze Age collapse. Um, okay. Yeah, on it. It's, uh, on yeah. it. Thank Very you. Interesting uh, thing that happened uh, cool. in the industry. Um, Got it. All right. Mostly due to the sea people. Um, yeah. Um, the sea people that are written about both by the Babylonians and uh, Egyptians that came in, like, but then all of a sudden just disappeared. No one knows where they came from, who they were. So seafaring people came in. So basically these are like just people who are just voyagers. Yeah, they're attacking ancient Greeks, like the Minesian society, the basically what nowadays Jerusalem is, uh, mm -hmm. or uh, Israel is, and then in Egypt, the sea people. Um, but no one knows exactly who the sea people were. Yeah, man, that's cool. I love it. I and they're winning everything. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> Watch us find out it was Moana's people. Yeah, it's the sea people. And uh, and there's not much known about them because other than that, they got their butts handed to them by the sea people. And um, so no one knows where, where the sea came people from. came from. Whoa. Oh, man. It's I a fun. It's one of those fun historical mysteries that you can go down deep rabbit holes. On. I love that stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. Thank you for giving me that uh, research yeah, project. Yeah, that's a fun one. A fun rabbit hole to go down. Cool. Um, yeah, I think the Egyptians actually ended up beating the sea people, but it, at what cost? That's what caused the project to collapse because it, it bankrupted their entire kingdom and in the process of trying to beat them back and just um, civilization as we know it just fell apart. <laughs> wow, wow. So, yeah, fun, fun historical stuff. Um, so going back to non-gunpowder talk, um, Ben goes back to meet with Ellen uh, and – you know, says, I, I think I saw the Miss Spirit again, you know, uh, and they start talking about what that might mean. And this is, I think, where they hypothesize it might be something like Ruin, but different than Ruin. Uh, and and Vinnyman says, yeah, I think it's, it is, but it's weaker. Like the Miss right, Spirit. Yeah. It's like, I felt the Miss Spirit as well in the presence of Ruin. So I know it's separate because at the Wall of Ascension, they both were out and they're different entities. But the, the Miss Spirit couldn't really do as much. It's like, it's like similar, but the weaker. Yeah, that's the way she describes it. Uh, and she says she doesn't think it has to do with anything to do with the miss sickness. That the miss spirit is separate from that. She thinks so. Um, and, and more just confused. Like, why would it try to kill Ellen, but then try to save Ellen? Like, it's mm -hmm. just confused on like what what is the miss spirit trying to do? Um, and and what's it? What is it? What's the game plan? Uh, and I, I know Londo was hinting at maybe preservation, but so anyway. That's how we start this chapter. It's just talking about ruin and the misspirit. Right. So any thoughts on that? Besides what we already talked about? Um, I didn't really have any notes. Nah. 
I think like I was just thinking when uh, Vin was in there talking to Slow Swift, I feel like between getting a new mission to go scout things out, but then also hearing that they call her, you know, Hero of Ages um, and all that, she's kind of like re-inspired. Mm-hmm. And so she's asking the, these questions that are not so much like based out of fear um, and like, you know, oh, we, we immunized all these people and sent all the soldiers out into the mist and they died, boo-hoo-hoo. Now she's like asking questions, I feel like, that are more related to like, making progress and solving goals and more like from a positive uh, origin. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know. It feels like Vin's getting reinvigorated and kind of re-inspired, which is nice to see. Cause like I was getting really tired of like the like emo Vin. Yeah. Um, I knew you were going to say that emo. Vin. Yeah. And hair flips and the figure hair flip to figure out, to figure out yes. snaps. Yeah. 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 So uh, other than that, like I, I have no thoughts, no theories on ruin, what it is. Honestly, the whole ruin preservation thing is still like very, very just a ephemeral. I have no idea what that is thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys have better theories than I do on that. So I, I don't really know about this intro. What's going on? I mean, we know they're sentient because they talk. Yeah. I think therefore I know I am, right? Um, well, well we, we do we? And, and we're going off the theory. That we think preservation talks if preservation is the miss spirit. Sure. Again, that's not confirmed. That's not confirmed. Um, that's, right. that's an Alondo theory time. So I just want to make sure we clarify yeah. that I could be wrong there. Um, yeah. We so, definitely know ruin but, talks. We, we are 100% they, sure ruin talks. Right? If they are sentient, what are they? Are they beings? Are they ethereal? Like, are they it's energy man? It's energy man. Are they gods? Um, no one's gonna say hope. Okay, fine, good. <laughs> are they hope? Are they hope? Are they embodiment of hope? It's a weird <laughs> form of hope. If it is, it is. That's right. That's ruin right. would be a very strange form of hope. That's for sure. Uh, well, ruin is hope for somebody. Evil okay. people probably yeah. still hope. <laughs> some people just want to watch the world burn, man. They just want to watch the world people burn. just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> It's just, ruin is the mopey kid from class who has his hands in his pockets all the time, always looking down, like just kicking yeah. rocks. Yeah, he's uh, like, I hope this place burns to the ground. Yeah, take my stapler from me, I'll burn this whole building down. Yeah, but I mean, like nobody we'll took his stapler. Down. Sure will. Take my red swing line stapler. <laughs> hey, so we didn't talk about the uh the whole uh, this whole thing by the way about not sharing plans i am still not quite sure i get i, I understand ruin changes things on paper mm-hmm. i get ruin can kind of influence you a little bit the idea of sharing plans verbally I'm still mm-hmm. not quite sure I understand that they really need to be doing that where they don't share plans. Yeah. Um, that piece I kind of feel like is an over it, it, it's could I you, feel do you think it may be unreliable narrator type thing where it's just like it's it, it's, it could uh, it yeah. could be, but I feel like they might be just kind of going overboard a little bit because if that's the case, why are they sharing plans about yeah. anything, including marching an army i think about the episode of uh rick and morty where they don't share any of their plans where they're trying to do these heists and they just end up at the same place or whatever because he's like i can't tell you the heist plans because this is the same if that's the case then why tell your army where you're gonna go just be like i need you guys to get in formation just follow me yeah 
you know, just because they might think that Ruin might overhear those plans. So it's like, why can you talk about certain things and not talk about other things? Yeah. It's not quite well, I mean, holding it's what, it's, it's what Vin read in that steel tablet is that Ruin could could yeah. hear, could, 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 could read your thoughts, but could hear what was said or what was written. Sure. Um, and whether or not that is uh, the paranoia of the writer of that tablet, or if that's a real thing is yet to be known. And that's, right. that's where it comes into that unreliable narrator thing where just because you have a piece of information doesn't mean it's true. Um, yeah, it could be. I'm yeah. Not saying it's not, I'm just saying, I, I guess I just feel like if, if, if something is coming out of your mouth verbally, and it's being heard orally, I would think that that's not being manipulated. We haven't seen evidence of that being manipulated yet. So the one thing they, they it's in the background. They don't talk about is everyone has a cell phone in their pocket and <laughs> the cell phone's being listened to. See, now to we're back to my iPhone theory. Because <laughs> they're, they're always listening. They're always listening. <laughs> Ruin is the NSA. Here he is. <laughs> See, I know my phone's listening. Okay, Google. Oh, it just lit up. There it goes. Uh, so. <laughs> uh -huh. See, if I wasn't wearing a head so circle, my entire house would light up because everything here is. <laughs> Shoot, I can turn off lights and everything else here. <laughs> Alexa, yeah. Say yeah. quietly. Say quietly. Shoot, just, I can unlock my front door with Google so, right so now. Alexa. <laughs> so, Alexa. <laughs> <laughs> Say quietly. So. <laughs> you sound like you're talking to Alexa after dark, though. <laughs> no, I just, no, so my kid's sleeping in the other room, so we have like the white noise. Alexa makes the white noise. So if, oh. if I say too loud, it'll turn off his noise machine. Uh, yeah, that's cool. So cool, I, cool. I, I, I have to be quiet. <laughs> so my house is is completely run and owned by Google, essentially. I and have so, both um, my house, which is I need to just consolidate to one because I have both. Oh, no, I have switched exclusively to Google. Yeah. And um, in my house at 10 o'clock, all lights turn off. And it's basically the queue. Um, hey, it's, it's bedtime, right? Yeah. So when I have my niece and nephew over, they know I don't have to tell them it's time for bed. They yeah. know that they can stay up until the lights are, <laughs> you know, off. And so like my brother was over here with the, you know, with the kiddos, and we were playing, and he was like, "Hey, well, you know, kiddos, it's time for you guys to go to bed." And they were like, "Uh, oh, -uh, the lights are still on." <laughs> mm -hmm. and he was like, "Uh, but I'm dad. I told you to go to bed." They were like, "The yeah. lights are still on." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so rather than laying out plans, uh, they decide they just need to trust each other and not say anything. Just trust me. Trust me, mm. bro. Yeah. Pythos, hey, man, that's a rough job. You get, you get home until 9. But see, the thing is, though, Pythos, I wake up to go to the gym at 3.30 in the morning. So I got to be – Yeah. I got to go to sleep at a decent time. That's the reason why. I, yeah. I do yeah. that. Got to do both. Yeah. We're, we're not, trust me, guys. We're not going to do a gym talk today. It's okay. Uh, on the little reads, it was like what it was like an hour of, of Chris and Ian talking about lifting weights. Uh, <laughs> no like, Why was I not piping it? I should have snuck in on that conversation. I try to watch as many episodes as I can live, man, but it's always rough. I always forget. whenever Chris starts talking about it, it's just one of those things where I'm just uh like because the dudes the dudes are str the strongman competition. So like it's like uh -huh. he starts talking about weight and I'm just I just kind of glaze over and like I I don't even understand. I got to join in on those conversations. I got to be there next time. Next time. You can ask him like what's your max for your lap pull down? He's like the whole rack. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's like I eat pulps for breakfast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love it. it. It's insane. Uh, yeah, I think he benches like 400 or something like that. It's it's uh, Chris. 
Yeah, Chris. Holy Chris crap. Chris is like five or six, seven. Like he's almost weighs 400 pounds, all muscle. He's a shot. Like he looks like a linebacker. He's gigantic. He's like, <laughs> gotta do what he's gotta do. The camera doesn't show it as much, but like he's. Yeah, because I've never met him in person. Uh, yeah, he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but good for him, man. He can do that. Yeah. I've never wanted to be that guy that could lift that kind of weight. But my my goal has just always been make sure I can bench press uh, my body weight and a little bit more. That's it. That's all yeah. I care about. So I'm good. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so um, yes, yeah, so they had this conversation about trust. Um, yeah, Ven tells Ellen to investigate the statistical anomalies about the missickness. Um, uh, yeah, they talk about the anomalies a little bit more and uh, something about, fi- you know, what is it? Uh, Alan, you're completely missing the part where they talked about their percentages, man. <laughs> Come on. No, that's what you said, the statistical analysis. That's the yeah, changes. they talked about that. I thought you 16. were going to say <laughs> 16. <laughs> there it is. I was waiting for you to say, so 16, 16, 16, yeah. 16. <laughs> yeah, our, our favorite part. Uh, Wait, no, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Is, 16, no, is it six? Is it sixteen? Yeah, sixteen. Sixteen percent. It's not, not one sixteenth. It's 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 sixteen percent. That's yeah. right. That's right. There you go. Yeah. And the significance of sixteen percent. I have no idea what the significance is. Um, I really don't care. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I really kind of. I'm just curious about you really have an affinity for it. So I want to hear more about it just because I, of that. I, I, I don't know. I just like when numbers come into anything. It's fun. Oh, okay. uh, I like numbers. Uh, so. <laughs> numbers are fun. Numbers are fun. Yeah, Math yeah. is the only subject that counts. Um, so Ellen says he wants to use the army to invade uh, Phaedrix only as a last resort. Um, and then Vin suggests that maybe they go crash one of the balls directly. And then she goes, crap, I can't do that. I forgot I my, dress. my dress. And that's what we had. Oh, it was such a that was a cornball line. Sorry, Sanderson. Like you, my guy. That was a cornball oh, line every is. day. Uh, <laughs> oh, and, uh, uh, what was the thing? Oh shoot. Uh they were talking. What was it that she got annoyed at Ellen about? Oh, that he did not take assassination off the table. Yeah. He was like, I'll do the other thing, but he never said, I won't consider it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And they're hoping he'll, he'll have reason, but knowing yeah. that he's burning nobles, because we've seen the other side. So we're like the informed reader where they don't know. I, I don't think Ellen has a snowball chance in hell and, and diplomacy with this guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. No. And, and we already know things that they don't know because there was a comment earlier about the, the state of Lester Bourne is and you know spook and they don't know what's happened to him um so yeah what happens when they get in there and start hearing about the atrocities that have happened mm-hmm. uh because they're gonna go to this ball and get a rude awakening yeah so yeah so a couple things they're gonna go to a ball they want to form an alliance with the kill with the, with the mists because an enemy, enemy of my enemy is my friend kind of thing I think it's, they actually say that line um which is that, fine. Yeah. That, 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 that always works out, right? Oh, every time. Every time. Every time. Sixty percent of the time, it works yeah, every, every time. time. <laughs> uh, you even so, have the anchor man suit on right now. I exactly. do. I hate to. I actually have to go out for a brawl back in a little bit. <laughs> I have a yeah. pitchfork and, yeah. and a grenade. I'm just gonna walk around just going, ah, <laughs> uh, Steve Carell, man. This guy. 
came out yeah. of nowhere and just became like the biggest dude. So oh, he, was, he was a writer before that. Yeah, he uh, was a writer. He was on uh, the Daily Show all the time back in the day. Yeah, he was him and um and, and Steve Colbert were both writers for SNL yeah. together. Steve yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. and Steve, uh, they wrote the and Biggest Gay Duo um, together. Steve Carell, right, Steve, and right. Steve. Uh, I love okay. these guys and finding out what their history and background is. It, of course, infamously, Conan O'Brien was on The Simpsons mm-hmm. writing staff for years. Um, I love to, to hear where these guys got their or, you know origins uh, yeah. at because they they yeah. spend their time in the trenches a long time so, and it's well deserved when they get to where they get. It's so a fun fun Seinfeld reference. Uh, Larry David was actually a writer on SNL back right. in the Crystal Billy Crystal days and stuff like that, uh, the early days, and yep. they would never use his his uh, his jokes and his skits that he would write out. So one day he flipped out on the producer. And like somewhat quit, like, like F you, I'm out and walked out. And then over the weekend, he said, you know, it'd be funny to show up on Monday. Like I didn't quit. And he did that. And no one said anything. Just a lot of people writing. So then he wrote the same scene. With that George Seinfeld Stanza. scene with George yeah. Stanza. It's, George it's based on the exact same thing that happened. That's what I'll be there is so see. much stuff that he wrote. Because uh, George Costanza is Larry, Larry David. David. Yeah. And there's so much stuff that happened to him in real life that he just wrote it in George Costanza's life. Yeah. It's hilarious. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Good old look. Yeah. So anyway, a lot of those guys got starts as writers. I mean, that's uh, not everyone does, but that's how a lot of a lot of those guys go. Yep. Anyway, so that's how we end with. Uh, we don't have a dress. So uh, anything else from these chapters? Anything else you guys want to discuss? Go over? Talk about? I don't think so. I'm looking forward to the build up here. Yeah. Oh, so you, you mean the, you mean the Sanderlanch? Sandwich, yeah. it's it's coming. Um, but we still we still got some time left. This, this we're we're about halfway. We're almost about halfway. So okay. Um, so favorite character? Oh, uh, you know I hadn't thought. Man, see I'm off a little bit because we're like recording at a different time. I yeah. I forgot to think about a favorite character the whole time. I'll let Will go first. Hopefully you've got somebody lined up. Um, I don't. I'll go with the uh, slow swift. He's that's smoking, a good one. Smoking a pipe, chilling. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one, man. I like man, you've had some great selections lately, Will. You're doing good, man. I like your I like your track record right now. <laughs> I, they, I have an idea for you, the, the informant guy. Which one? The so one so that so? was in the first book. Oh, Hoyt? Oh, Hoyt. yeah, okay. Okay. It's okay. good, but I I would have chosen that if I knew he was coming back. And I saw the connection. I would have chosen that, but yeah. I didn't put that connection together until yeah. you know Alan clued us in. Um, huh, see, who could I go with? I mean, I guess it's too obvious to go with Lester Borna's. Um, I don't know. Yeah, hope, hope. Oh, screw hope. I'm, I'm, go- <laughs> I'm going with gunpowder because I got choked up over that. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> gunpowder. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite character is Gunpowder. <laughs> gunpowder. Yes, yes, yes. Um man, I got nothing. I'll I'll go with uh non-emo Vin. Non-emo Vin. Okay. Vin coming go. back to form is pretty I mean, you got good points there, Will, about you know, her, she's kind of coming back to form. Mm-hmm. You know, she and you're right, she was kicking rocks, you know, <laughs> shuffling hair. The whole deal. She's back to form a little bit now. She's kind of coming back to her own. Mm-hmm. I can it's go like, with Eve. It's like um, 
what's the saying idle hands or the devil's play toys whatever yes yeah i think she's just been bored and in her feelings and she had time to get depressed and i know me personally i've been that way before and when i'm busy you just don't have time to feel bad for yourself yeah so you know i think she's she's got a new mission she's she's working and she's so yeah yeah i like it so i'm gonna go with non-emo van uh because she's not all up in her head I love it. Yes. Okay. There you go. I like it. And gunpowder. And gunpowder. And gunpowder. So next up, we'll be doing five chapters. So 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. That takes us to the end of this part. Part. Okay. Uh, so in a part two, I'll start part three uh, the following week. But yeah. So usually parts have a pretty good. Uh, uh, climax, you know, a little mini one. The last one didn't, but uh, or a cliffhanger, yeah. a little cliffhanger, yeah. So, mm-hmm. so hopefully, we'll get some good stuff out of that. Uh, we'll be back to our normal time next week, uh, nine o'clock, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm right. Sure. And, we're, and we're gonna change our money to uh, our music to uh, must be the money because it's used for everything else, right? Yeah, uh, by, by Nelly, you know, must apparently. be the money. No, I mean, since, since um, since uh. Disney has lost their copyrights. I'm just going to do the Steamboat Willie whistle as our yeah. intro. Uh, oh, that'd be cool, actually. <laughs> hey, he's winning the Pooh or something. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, and then we can just copyright it as our own. Yeah, exactly. I don't think that's how it works. But yeah, I think it's now fair use. <laughs> I think it is. I, I don't know. Oh, it's, def- it's definitely fair use. It went for, yeah. fair use to January 1st, 2024. Yeah, so we can just make that mm-hmm. our, uh, our theme song. So, and we could actually do Winnie the Pooh. He went fair use to a couple years ago. We can't okay. use Tigger yet, though, unfortunately. Can't use Tigger. Okay. But one Darn the, it. We can do Winnie the Pooh. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll there do that. <laughs> well, not the song necessarily, but the, but the character. But the character is. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if the, the Steamboat Willie whistle is. Uh, I think that's. that's, that's Anything out. related to that first. First, uh, uh, first appearance. Yes, we okay. can use. Yep. Sweet. Oh, Fantasia is that still? All of- Fantasia is definitely still under. under yeah. yeah, that's that's coming soon. It's is coming- it? Yeah, oh, that's I one mean, of the original movies. Um, yeah, but Fantasia came out after Snow White, and Snow White uh, isn't there yet. Mickey Mouse is definitely there because Mickey Mouse was nineteen twenty four, twenty three, whatever it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but it was 1940 was Fantasia. Was yeah, it, we got a we got a while before Fantasia's gonna be yeah, there. Um, we do. So, okay. Yeah. So, All right. So, so when we hit book cool 17, music. we'll finally be ready to like use that Fantasia toy. It was it was 1940 ish. It was 1940. And I love Fantasia, by the way. I don't know. I know it was a flop for Disney, but yeah. I love Fantasia. So, but I also was a music head and played in orchestras. Uh, so, yeah. me and Fantasia. Yeah, Chef's Kiss. There you go. And Fantasia um, 2000, underrated hit. Love Fantasia 2000. Yeah, the music from it might actually be because it all is classical music. That's a good. Point. Oh, oh, all the music for Fantasia it, it's not covered. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we can just play some some Beethoven, Ninth oh, Symphony, Symphony, we'll uh, the Fifth Symphony. <laughs> yeah. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Get in there. Yeah, get in there. Exactly. Uh, oh, fun. of course. I have an affinity to Rhapsody in Blue. Just okay. saying. Okay. Yeah. Do, do Moonlight Sonata. Uh, oh, okay. Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> Be really, really. Uh, I, can, I can use any of that stuff. That's all copyright free. That's a royalty free. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. We uh, could do that. Yeah. Oh, to joy. Yeah. Da, 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 oh, yeah. Da, da, da. Why not? 
Why not? Fairly I like stuff. I like the I like the Fifth Symphony though because I just like the, the boldness there. Yeah. You know. Dun, 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 yeah. Sounds good. Um. Yeah. So five five chapters. That's what no. We're doing. Of course, we should do the eighteen twelve overture because it's got cannons at the end. It Alan. does. Mm-hmm. It does. Come on now. Oh yeah. Okay. I'll I'll look into it. We'll figure out some music. We're fun. Do it. Um. Apparently, they find a new source of where I can. Do music because I thought I had a yeah, unlimited world free yeah. source music. Because yeah. when you download and pay for a subscription for all of your music, I pay for this. Hmm. And apparently it's copyrighted, which boo. Oh yeah. Anyway, so um with that being said, um, how you can found is at the cosmoreads.com, uh, where you can find links to all of our cool stuff, um, such as our Discord and merchandise and Patreon. Yeah, so come support us there. Um, also, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, we do enjoy all of those things. Uh, the algorithm gods do as well. It does help with the channel rising up and more people finding us. So commenting and things like that help as well. So that's all I got for this week, guys. So um, until next time. Thank you for watching The Cosmere Reads. Gosh, thanks, gosh, 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 they fresh. Gosh, thanks, gosh, 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 they fresh.